Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It ain't getting any better at Wrigley Field. Welcome in to the Windy City Cubs podcast. Jordan Burnfield, Brian Beto coming up here. We celebrated Carlos Rodon and a great night of White Sox baseball with the Sox pod earlier in the week. And now we look at the nightmare that is the Chicago Cubs as they welcome Atlanta into town. And we've got solutions. I'm going for solutions here. I've got an idea for David Ross that I think could swing the Cub pendulum in a positive way. Drastic times, drastic measures. Let's go. Let's think positive, and let's get right into it. The Windy City Cubs podcast starts right now. Showtime. You know, it should be more of a direct line to the bag. That's hammered left field. Way back there on its way. Gone. Look out. Wilson Contreras absolutely crushes one, and he puts the Cubs on top. It is now 3-2. to That was long gone. That's how you say, stop hitting me. The ultimate revenge. A go-ahead long ball from Contreras. A no-doubter. This ball absolutely annihilated. The great Paul Sullivan with the tweet. And by the way, this tweet's been put out by 17 people. But Sully, I love you so much that I think we're going to give you, we're giving you the credit. From Ed Hardig, the great Ed Hardig, Cubs, 49 hits through their first two games. That's the fewest of any 10-game stretch in a season since 19-0-frickin'-1. And the Cubs' 164 average during that 10-game stretch, second lowest ever, 163, June 14th to the 24th, 1952. Listen, I don't even care about the batting average at this point. I want a direct consequence from David Ross when he returns from his one-game suspension in the Ryan Tapera brandon Woodruff situation. If you strike out and don't put the ball in play, I want a direct consequence. You either should have to, like, at home plate, go down, give me 25 push-ups, 25 sit-ups, and then you can come back to the bench or go back out in the field. Or you got to run the stairs at Wrigley or you're just out of the game period. You just walk. You can put your bat in the bat rack, put your helmet, and then just go right back, take your shower, and leave. I, I Forget about getting hits. Just put the ball in play. Jason Hayward, 
I, I, I actually, for you, you're fine. You want to roll it over to the second baseman a thousand more times. I'd rather see that than Javi Baez swing it at a 40 foot curveball that he's seen seven freaking thousand times. I think we need direct consequences. Treat the Cubs like you're, you're, you're training a puppy at this point. Something's got to change. So new, new mantra here. Anybody want to come with me on this? I think it'd be better. Just ball and play period. That's all I'm asking for at this point. I, I don't know if I'd go to Silence. that extreme, <laughs> believe it or not. You're not going to get me to just do Jerry Maguire. Like, I'm not going to be your Dorothy Boyd right now and just come with oh, you. Or Flipper Dorothy the Goldfish. Boyd. She was not so coming with you. But, I mean, you're not wrong in the fact that you want change, right? I think for me, and you're going to be surprised to get this analytical response here, but it's just more the process of when they're not making, they're going to, I mean, they're going to strike out, right? You're going to strike out against Corbin Burns. You're going to strike out against Brandon Woodruff, but the lack of adjustments made in situations where contact is warranted is really what's appalling to me. Like to your point about, you know, I love Javi Baez, right? Absolutely love him. Like, dude, like, do something different with two strikes when there's a mat on third and less than two outs. Like you can still be you and do what makes you great while adjusting a little bit. And none of these guys outside of maybe Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryan has been trying because he's attacking earlier in the count outside of those two guys. I really like feel like I'm watching the same Cubs games from the last four years. It's not 10 games or 11 games. It's the last four years. Jordan, uh, uh, to Beto's point, I think it's a great one. Hey, Javi, you've been watching Anthony Rizzo choke up your entire baseball career. Have you learned one damn thing? No. And, here, you know, it's funny. Your suggestion, Carm, makes me think of Bobby Cox with Andrew Jones. If you remember, yeah. what was it, 15, 20 years ago when he pulled him out of a game because he wasn't hustling? Against the Cubs, right? Right. I, I think it was, yeah. I mean, my, my thing is this. Like, their offense is pathetic. It's maddening. Obviously, in my life currently, I only get so many hours to watch this. And so, like, to see the same thing happen every single time is just like, what am I doing with my life? But, you know, what what bothers me a little bit is I think that there's this narrative out there that where all these people are like, well, you should have seen this coming. This offense has been flawed for years ever since Theo said the offense is broken. And, like, my response to that is, yes, it's broken. But this is historically bad. I mean, we started this podcast with your with the tweet from Sully Carm, which which is a great point. Like they're not this bad. As bad as they might be, as flawed as they might be, they're not this bad. Having said that, what bothers me the most in this situation is that at some point their offense will improve to some level of the mean or close to the mean, but they're still not a good team. So like as I watch this, I think to myself, like, this is obviously frustrating to watch because they look pathetic. Nobody adjusts. They might as well bring Bodors up there and it wouldn't make a difference in terms of making contact. But at the same time, at some point, their offense is going to be at least somewhere closer to league average because that's what the statistics would suggest. But I think that what some people are missing out there is I don't think they're good. I mean, their pitching is not very good either. So at some point, they're probably going to hit, but their pitching, I don't see how it's going to be good. And the other thing that, that I would say with regard to this team on a macro level is that I don't know where you guys fall on this, but I am, I feel offended as a fan that they're having all these COVID problems now 
when they could all get vaccinated. Like last year, it was one thing for players to have a COVID issue because there was no ability to get vaccinated. So this was going to happen. We were all risking everything to play. But now it's like, guys, you've been offered the vaccine. There is no excuse, literally no excuse for what is currently happening. That guys are not playing because they're getting sick. That guys are getting sick and not being able to be out there. That their bullpen, which I think, I know, Beto, you think that there's potential for it. I think their bullpen is the, is the dumpster fire meme. I think to, to have to subtract from what's already a bad bullpen and bring in worse pitchers because you've got several players on the COVID list. Like, this is a joke. Like, if you want to be a bad team, you're a bad team. Fine. You don't have a good enough roster. That's the team's fault. I got all that. But the fact that you've got several guys in and out from South Bend because there's a COVID outbreak, which is literally now a preventable thing, to me as a fan, it's like, come on, man. Burnfield off the top rope at the Cubs COVID protocols underlining that not only do you not give a shit at the plate, but you clearly don't give a shit, period. Because you're – Beto, is this fair? I'm, I'm a little – I'm a little – well, I don't know where I – It's crazy because last year when they didn't have this ability really – I mean, yes, you could prevent it by not – you know, going out, doing things, doing the Mike Clevenger, go out to dinner situation. That was awesome. But they didn't have any problems. They were like the only team, right? right? So it was like they were being praised for their their discipline and all the protocols. And now, yeah, it's problematic. Also, though, the bullpen's good. They lead the MLB in strikeout rate. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's not good. <laughs> Other than people. Yeah. I'm going to die on this hill if you haven't figured that out by now. Well, the great Ryan Tapera will not be a part but of it. But it doesn't help when you have to leave three of those guys to bring in. I know Shelby Miller looked good. He had one bad game, so I'm not going to throw him under the bus. But I don't think you're, you're wrong. I don't care about the bullpen at all, other than the fact that Craig Kimbrell looks fantastic. He looks great. So It's great. Yeah, you are going. You're you are getting us some damn value, Craig Kimbrell. You will return something at the deadline, and, you know and if that's what happens, that's fine for his. Cubs oh, it's legacy. great. I mean, it is what it is that he was not good for the majority of his tenure with the Cubs. I'm I'm already over that, right? Like that that ship has sailed. But if he pitches really well and they can launch him for big value, that is great. Then then it was worth it. It was what? worth having him if they can get a couple of big prospects out of. Craig Kimbrell at some point before the deadline. Right. And they, they lucked out. They didn't have to pay him last year for most of the season. Right. So overall, whatever, I'm not trying, I don't, I'm not trying to count Tom Ricketts money on. I don't care. The guy's got billions. I don't care what they claim over there. So it's not, not really worried about it, but they, uh, as far as them being able to add pieces down the line, they're either going to decide that it's not going to be about Craig Kimbrell's contract is my point here, but look, uh, if, if who's our Gliber Torres here, there, Jed Hoyer, because I'd love to get one uh, half a Gliber Torres back for this guy. Here, let me let's let's talk about Wilson Contreras. And okay, the Brewers hate you. You hate the Brewers. You're admitting that that uh, we threw at the Brewers, which is costing to pair the three game suspension, which is not exactly a great job by Wilson Contreras. But and, and, and hitting the ball 400 feet and pimping it, and I'm all into new wave baseball. That's cool, sweet. Enjoy yourself, pimp it. I, if anybody who has a problem with that, they're, they're straight soft and get the guy out. However, Wilson, you lean into pitches. You do. 
You got your armor on. You, you, you throw your, your elbow basically into the strike zone. Dude, you brought this on yourself, at least partly. Uh, is, is he owning it at all? Because he, because it's there, there's, there's, there's no defending it. He has, we all see it. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not a mystery here. Right. I think that he does. No, I mean, I think you're right on the, oh, go ahead, Jordan. No, I was just going to say, I think he's, he's obviously close to the plate. It's sort of like with Rizzo. They're both close to the plate. And Rizzo see... sort of embraces it though. Right. He's right. like, I'm going to stand on top of the plate. If you hit me, you hit me. And that's why he's been a guy that's led the league and hit by a pitch for a lot of his career. I think with Wilson, it's a little bit different because the two players have completely different personalities, right? Like he leans over the plate, but Wilson is a, is a hothead. I mean, he's a fiery guy. And I, I think that sometimes you love that about Wilson Contreras. And sometimes I think it is to his detriment that he is the way that he is on the field. Like I love his energy. I love the way that he throws behind runners at first base. I love that he's always engaged in everything, but I think sometimes his kind of always hot personality can hurt him on the field. And listen, I didn't have a problem with them going full video game and pimping the home run because the guy's been thrown at a bunch of times, or he's at least been, they've, they've challenged him inside in literally every at bat. And I could see why he'd be frustrated that he's been hit a lot to start the season at the same time though. It's like, because baseball has so much of this, you know, old world kind of, you know, caveman mentality when it comes to hit by a pitch and it's going to result in suspensions and benches clearing brawls and all this stuff. I, I understand that in the heat of the moment and in competition, it's easy for us to sit back here and say, don't engage because it would be a better result in the end if guys aren't getting suspended. So I understand that guys are going to do it and they have to stand up for their teammates. And, you know, Carm, you always reference the the Rizzo wanting to charge the Reds dugout. And I like, loved it. I did too. I thought it was great. So like, you need some of that in the game, right? But like, is the end result of Wilson pimping his home run, which I thought was awesome. Is it all the suspensions and, and the things that have followed since, are they good for the team? Objectively, no. So, I mean, I think that there's gotta be a way to corral this a little bit where it, it benefits the Cubs to have the energy, but not result in like a bunch of guys getting thrown at and suspended. I, I would absolutely despise Wilson Contreras if he was in another uniform, which by the way, at some point I think he will be, and he be. is going yeah. to pimp the Cubs to the moon when he does it. And then he's going to get booed to the end of the earth. But I, I want him here, Beto. I do. But I also want him just to, I don't know, grow up a little bit, be a tough guy. You hit me. Just, I, I think it's off a duck's back. I, I see both sides because I mean, you're, I think you're both right. I, it's just tough in the moment. I mean, when you're just getting repeatedly drilled, the team stinks, nobody's hitting. Like I get the frustration. Even the brewers admitted the frustration. Like Craig council was like, yeah, I know it wasn't, it wasn't intentional, but I, I can't really blame the guy. I think it's kind of funny though. So Tapera gets three games and as a result, Ross gets a game because that's just the rule. If your reliever or pitcher gets thrown out, you get suspended too. Borzello gets suspended for, for God knows what reasons. Has you ever seen a team get penalized more for almost making contact than the Chicago Cubs? He doesn't hit Brandon Woodruff gets three games that pirate series it was a Contreras. Yeah. Gets penalized, gets called out for almost making contact. It's like, Oh, it's like, I almost want to be like, well, Hugh Hollins, uh, you know, rest in peace. I want him to be able to say, Hey, 
you know, Scotty, we called a foul because you almost made contact with the Knicks in 1994. So like, that's what I feel like the Cubs are being penalized for. Like I've never seen anything like it. Um, but it's the intent, I guess, I guess is what we're, we're getting at, but I, I do see both sides. Um, but to your, to Jordan, your point about the detriment, I do think it shows up on the base pass more than anything else. Yes. Not that he's not like a fast runner, but because he's always so aggressive, which partially is what makes him good. I mean, that guy got has to be thrown out on probably two ambitious base base running moves than anyone I've probably ever seen since Ronnie Cedeno. Do you guys remember? <laughs> great reference, Cedeno. by the way, Ronnie that, that, that was a great reference. I love awesome. Ronnie Cedeno. Yes. Um, do, do you guys remember what Mike Borzello got kicked out for? Do you remember the moment? I don't. They were looking in the dugout. And and they thought it was Ross at first, right? Yeah, well, like Boog Shiambi was was vociferously complaining on the broadcast that we don't know why he got kicked out. Somebody was chirping right. from the dugout. I honestly I don't remember myself, but I my point in bringing it up is does anybody even know what Mike Borzello's title is? I know what it is, but do you guys know? Is I just looked it up like by the way. Catching coordinator and uh he works at the pitching staff. I yeah, know, he's but, the he's yeah. the freaking catching. I coach. love Mike Borzello. So if you are no, no, going no, no, down no. the wrong direction of a negative Mike <laughs> Borzello thought, we are gonna have fist no, 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 I'm not. I'm going in the positive Borzello. He's the freaking catching okay, coach. Hey, I want to make him the damn manager. Hey, David Ross. The Cubs have had multiple times this year where you could go out there. And, you know, get the old heave-ho. And I know this is meathead 1970s, fire up your team, go get kicked out. But I want to see it. Get out there and, 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 and do something when the, the umpire – what was the – there was that one review that was completely and utterly ridiculous. Yeah, there were Contreras at second. Yeah, right, right. right? Oh. Where he avoided the contact. Right, 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 right. He could have right, gotten kicked right, out there. Right, exactly. Get kicked out. Get kicked out. Your team sucks. They can't. They can't touch a baseball. You, I know it doesn't make any sense. Contreras veered off the baseline. He was actually wrong in my mind. But but get kicked out, Ross. Borzello's the guy that's getting kicked out. The freaking catching coordinator. Is anybody? I don't know. This this laid back David Ross thing and the way the Cubs are. You know, and Javi's having a good time and and Rizzo's acting all cool at first base. I don't know, man. I need a little bit of. Uh, let's make things a little bit more uncomfortable around here. Well, Something. to your point, too, I think, you know, like, as you were saying that, it makes me think of Ozzy when Ozzy was managing the Sox. Like, he would strategically get himself kicked out of games to put the focus on him, but also to kind of take the pressure off of guys and to show that, like, I've got your back when things were going south on the field. And so it makes me kind of think of that. And I think that probably could benefit David Ross to do that, frankly. I mean, I usually think getting kicked out of games is stupid, but I think when a manager does it strategically once in a while, it can be effective, right? Like Lou would go out there and lose his mind. Lou in 07. Yeah. Which, which helped. Right. So I think that there is some truth to that. To me though, like if we're going to talk about David Ross so far this season, what bothers me with Rossi is just that like he, I get it that, you know, he's the manager. What's he supposed to say? Every day is Groundhog Day. They get two hits every game and they don't score a run. They lose the same way every single time. So what is he supposed to say? But at the same time, I I just feel like you can't come out there every day and just be sort of indignant about the fact that you're not hitting and that it's early and we're going to be fine. Like there's got to be a different message here. And I'm not saying that he's got to go out there 
you know, and do these post-game Zooms with the media and just be like, everyone on my team sucks and they got to start hitting. But there's got to be somewhere in between you can go. And he's got, I mean, the, they, it's obvious they have to be better. I also, and this is, I know, sort of like backwards baseball thinking. And Beto, you might disagree with me on this, but like, I'm not a huge line of construction guy, which I think you both know. But I also think like one thing that I used to give Madden credit for is when they wouldn't hit, he would at least try different things, right? Like he was constantly throwing different lineups out there just to try to generate offense. And I'm not saying that he should bat Rizzo first because I always thought that was stupid, but I think they got to do something. You know, there's got to be some evidence that they're trying to change the distribution of plate appearances to benefit the offense. And I don't think Wilson Contreras should be batting second because I don't think he does anything to advance runners ever. Like he, the, my, here's my biggest ball on the ground a of, lot. Yes. And, and lot. this is sort of something that comes back to your earlier point, Beto. Like nobody adjusts. Like if you're going to change the lineup and you want to have Wilson Contreras bat second, I'm not saying that he has to be a 1980s two hitter where you're, you know, bunting the ball or hitting to the right side, but totally. like show some baseball acumen by shortening your swing and advancing a runner or getting on base in some way. And like, I understand that baseball has moved to this three outcome crap, but like you have, I mean, these guys are professionals. You know that no one's hitting, do something to change the outcome of the game. That is not just swinging out of your shoes for a home run. I want to rewind back to, and I, I like where you're going with this, Jordan, like do something. I want to rewind back to what Bio just teed up with Lou Pinella in 2007 is by far his greatest man, moment as a Cubs manager. Wasn't even close. They, on June the 2nd of 2007, they lost to the Braves five to three. They slipped to 22 and 31. And he's out there. He's throwing his cap. He's looking like old Lou Pinella. And then he in the post game, I you know I, I I I'm starting to understand why they've been lost games around here for so long. I mean he he under he he was making a, a very aggressive attempt to change the culture at that point. That team rallied, got in the playoffs. It was by it was his best accomplishment. He was awake as a manager that year, outside of the last two years when he completely fell asleep, um, and so. <laughs> Look, David, and maybe this is unfair to Ross, but at, on some, on some, and, and got drunk and showed up at the Cubs convention. I'll throw that in there for a little sweet Lou too. But look, and look. Uh, who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? Right. But so yeah. he, here, look, maybe they, not the twelve-year-old kids, but I, I just I feel like there's a part of Rossi here where he still wants to be their friend and not be the manager or not be the parent. He's, he's very, and it's a tough spot for him because look, he's, he's not, maybe that's, maybe that's unfair, but that's what I like, dude, I, if I'm him, you don't want to get, get kicked out or you want to do part two of that, dude, bring Javi into the, into your office, close the door and say, what, what's it going to take, dude? How, what, what do I, what do but I, to your do? point, how do we know he's not doing that? I guess in fairness to him, maybe he's very much a, I'm just not going to publicly drown this team because you can also do that to a detriment. We, and maybe we he is having those accountability things. And we haven't seen the changes yet being implemented, which is a problem. But again, I don't want to be this it's early group because I agree. You can't say it's early with this team because they've been doing it for three something years, but I don't know. Maybe he is. I just, I, I'm trying to play devil's advocate and cut him a little bit of, of a break. Um, but I agree that something's, something's got to change. The other so. thing too, to your point, Beto is like, I get that the manager can't bury the team 12 games into a 162 game season. And, you know, they've got to use a little bit of this, this early trope, but it's, 
one thing that always annoys me in baseball is yes, it is the ultimate sample size sport, which you guys have heard me say many times. And obviously like if you're good, it will bear out over 162 because you get so many chances to show it. And conversely, if you're bad, it will show too because you get so many chances to prove that you're bad. But there is every year you can look at the statistics of teams that get off to bad starts like this. And almost every team that starts out badly through 12 games does not make the playoffs for whatever reason. Like many teams don't recover. Now I get that the Cubs are five and seven and they're not three and nine. So presumably they could, you know, have a little bit of a run where they win five out of six and they're in the race. But like when you watch the way that they're playing, I mean, they've scored 32 runs in 12 games. They have 49 hits. And I, yeah. I know that we were, you know, we were talking about this at the beginning that, you know, it's historically bad and it will get somewhat better, but the, the problems that this team has, like, are they likely to be historically horrible offensively? No, but are they likely to be a bad team? Yes. So like, you know, there've been people writing these think pieces about like, is it too early to start thinking about launching guys? No, it's not too early. If I'm Jed, I am fielding every single phone call for every piece that I have right now. There is no reason to wait. Even, and, and I'll say this, it can only get better, frankly, because it can't be worse than this. And so if like Bryant, of all the guys on this team that look completely pathetic and clueless up there, Bryant actually looks decent right now, as does, you know, I mean, I guess he's probably it. Contreras has had a couple of moments, but has also been maddening. The point is, like, if there's a team that wants Chris Bryant right now, I'd trade him yesterday. I'm not, and I love Chris Bryant. This is not me disparaging him at all, but like, we're right. now at this the is you assuming he's not being re-signed anyway. Like, let's get value no, no, for him. Listen, and, 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 I'll, and I'll extrapolate that point further, Beto. Like, if they have a bad year with these guys, there's no way they're signing all of these guys to multi-year, totally. 200 plus. Like, do you see any way for sure. that they're signing these guys if they have a third or fourth or fifth place season. I see no way. So start trading them. I, I don't want to lose Chris Bryant. I don't want to lose Chris Bryant. I don't want to lose Chris Bryant. By the way, Chris Bryant leading the Cubs in batting average at 239, 243. All okay. right. And technically Jake Marisnik has a better batting average in, in 12 at bats. <laughs> yeah. uh, just a couple tweets. I just along the lines that you guys are talking bleacher nation Cubs with 59 hits. The Cubs have fewer hits than the Reds. Red Sox, Astros, White Sox, Angels, Twins, and Cardinals have runs. All right. I mean, have, does, does your mean Mercedes have more hits or run? I mean, he probably has more hits than the Cubs. Your mean Mercedes is better than the entire Cubs offense. Cubs hits first Brewers this year. Collectively, his batting average is probably higher than collectively the Cubs batting averages. <laughs> Like it's not even that far out. <laughs> At least take the Cubs infield up and then think of like that or the Cubs outfield. See what their batting averages. Mercedes might be high. I'm going to do that in one second. Your Cubs hits first Brewers this year. <laughs> 23 Cubs Brewers runs versus Cubs this year. 26. The Brewers have more runs than we have hits against the Brewers, which, you know, and the Brewers have a bad offense. Yep. It's not a good offense. And you know, this team, well, the problem They're second is, to last in batting average. And yes. I know we're not big batting average people, but it does indicate like if you are in JD made this point the other day and it was, it was, I thought he summed it up perfectly and how I feel about it too. And, and Boog did as well that 
batting average isn't the end all be all. And I think we'd all agree to that. However, it becomes increasingly difficult to be an overall productive offensive team when your batting average is that low, because you have to slug an unsustainable amount. Because even if you walk a lot and you have a high walk rate, but you're hitting 140, that means your on base percentage is 240 and you have to slug near 700 or 600, which is unrealistic in order to, to be there. So even if your league average is a batting average team, like you could still be a good offensive club, but it's impossible when you're that low and it's impossible to increase that when you're not putting the ball in play when the situation dictates it. So, a, so I thought lot, JD did a great job sort of surmising that. that and I, I really enjoy JD. I think he's underrated and uh, I, I just, period, don't need to say any more. And obviously what he's saying is, is spot on accurate, which brings me to why when you were so searching for money that somehow, some way, you found the dough to add Jock Peterson. I know we're in a small sample size. Well, you found Jock Peterson for $7 million and you couldn't have Kyle Schwarber and a guy who hit under 200 this year. And great, he won the MVP in spring training. He's rolling out a big 108. I just, like, what? You needed contact guys. He's not that. He's a swing and miss dude. In fairness, his contact rate is above average. In over the last several years, when he came up, he got the label of non-contact and you're right. Cause he struck out all the time, but in fairness, outside of this year, okay. his contacts up. Okay. Yeah. So, I so mean, he's in, yeah. but it's still, it's still an odd swing. Would you grant, would you grant that? Like we had to have Jock Peterson. He's the same dude that we have in this lineup. Am I hey, missing some? Are you, you're forgetting about his historic spring training. It Great was historic. Spring training. Yeah, I, I'm, I not, say- I'm actually not worried about him. He's one of the guys I, I think oh. what Jordan's point earlier will help us revert to the mean. I think the bigger picture though, to Jordan's point is that even if we do revert to the mean and these guys get better and they will, that the team still overall might not be very good. So even if they hit nor their averages and they become an average offense, their pitching is average at best too. So in total, you might have an average team, which with a bunch of guys in contract years isn't good. So let's start field. Like I'm not saying we have to aggressively trade Chris Bryan or Craig Kimbrell tomorrow, but if somebody blows you away with a package sure. right now, turn that down. I would Ooh. say too, to your, to your, the points that you guys are making, you know, I was, I saw um, it was either in an article or a tweet and I can't remember. And I would give credit if I could, but I just don't remember where I saw it, that the league batting average, the entire league, Major League Baseball is 235 right now. And, you know, I know that the Cubs are hitting like 020, but the point is... 163. Yeah. So when, when you look at Probably what's absolutely. happening, and, and I know that <laughs> and like Theo is now on this committee to, you know, help make rule changes and whatever. I am now completely on the band, the shift, because... I don't think people want to watch it's, baseball where guys hit for such it, a low it, average. It's so I don't bad. think it's, it's exciting. And, and I'll say this. You too, converted like, me. I mean, I think, I think that we're watching what we're watching. I mean, the Cubs are historically bad offensively right now, but the Cubs are boring. It is objectively boring when you can't like when, when they gave up a run, every time they give up a run in the first three innings of the game, I'm like, game over. I can turn this Game's off over. right now. <laughs> like I can go, I can go feed 
my daughter and not worry about the rest of this game because it's over. And that's not like, if you want to grow baseball and you want people to watch, like we are all in the, you know, 35 to 54 demo of growing up with baseball and loving baseball. We're going to be here for baseball. And you know, I love baseball. It's my favorite sport in the world, but for younger kids, they are not going to want to watch this. Like this is objectively bad product. And so yep. Ban the, the shift. rest of the league, you got to get rid of this. I get that we moved into the completely progressive statistical era. This is brutal. What do you, Let what some do you hits th- fall in there? What do you think the Cubs and would hit? Move the rubber back. Move the pitching rubber back. I agree. That's the other thing they have to do. Just like the NBA needs to move the three-point line back, Please. move the pitching rubber back. It will increase contact because it, I think they. it's so crazy to think that we play in the same shape field as we did 150 years ago when athletes are so much better than they are now and we haven't changed one iota. You got to yeah. do it. It's the same thing with the tennis court needs to be widened out. They should just play to the doubles alley. Anyway, uh, all, all that is totally. true. Um, we're, we Beto's got a meeting and we've got four minutes and 47 seconds left on this Zoom. Of course, we could always do another one. But uh, I want to just throw out another thing. Who was that guy this um, spring training who also had a great spring training? I think he played in the middle infield, but it was determined do it. That, that we absolutely had. He had to develop. Or what was his name? Jordan, do you remember his name? Sorry, the, the middle infielder that we had to develop. He was a second baseman, I believe. I think he hit right-handed. Nicholas something, maybe. Uh, this, 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 and we just absolutely. He, oh, Nico he, Horner, are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, Nico yeah. Horner, that guy. Nico <laughs> yeah. freaking Horner. Uh, it's 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 funny that you forget his name too because like I'm I, I was like what the hell was his name? But like <laughs> Nico freaking Horner. We 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 had we had. Really, David Ross, you're going to walk up there and tell us that David Bodie has to play every day. I, I'm look, David Bodie, it was a great, reasonable five year, 15 million, play second, play third, throw him in a pinch at short, late in the game, whatever. That's a fine investment. He's not an everyday player. Enough with the Bodie. He's not, he's not, he's not a great defender. He doesn't. He does nothing. He's hitting, and I, I get, I get it's early, but he's hitting a buck. Like, dude, Nico Horner is your future. There, you're trying to build something. Play the damn guy. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, enough well, punt, punt, yes. punt. And it's also like this whole service time thing. Like, I with the Bryant thing, it was a joke seven years ago, but you at least understood what they were doing because you were trying to build a window. I mean, now, I mean, what's Nico Horner going to cost you down the line? I, right. I just think, like, just let him play. He makes contact and you don't have any guys that make contact. So I have no problem with that. I mean, I don't need to see ill tomorrow Vargas up there. I mean, come on, give me some Nico. I I just think if they're not going to play him every day and they're going to play Bodie and Sogard, which they will, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. I just, I, I mean, Nico Horner, if we were looking at him as the savior offensively, that's a problem because he's forecasted to be a below average offensive player. <laughs> so he's there defensively and because he can make contact and in his small sample size in the majors, he's really struggled. So get him some at bats every day at this alt site games. I think they lost to the White Sox and you know, yesterday. We're losing well at every level at the Cubs right now. Beto, they should play him every day. I'm not saying they, sh- they shouldn't, but I also think, I, I kind Bodie's, of agree, Carmen, like we're trying to figure rude. out if, He's been rough, but he also back to the reversion thing in his defense, he's probably been the unluckiest player out of anyone 
He's yeah. got an above average hard hit rate. He just seems to be finding gloves. So, and, and Sogard does make contact too. I'm not advocating for playing Sogard all the time, but I'm just saying maybe there's some developmental reasons that these baseball people think that's why we should be playing him or he can be developing in the minors or whatever before exposing him to Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, who nobody can hit right now. Beto wins again for voice of reason, uh, even though everything I said made complete damn sense. All right. We're, it does. We're, it's not like, it's not a like, Oh my gosh, they definitely shouldn't bring him up, but that's the other side of it. Right. So I see both sides, but um, we'll see. So we're recording on Friday before Cubs and Braves 120. Zach Davies on the mound for the Cubbies against Kyle Wright. So I was looking at StubHub. Uh, cheapest tickets today, 15 bucks. Y'all got to work this afternoon or you want to meet me there? Um, I will not be there this afternoon. Um, you, you, you have I, a I actually, yeah, well, I, I was talking to my wife about this. When do you think is an acceptable age to take your kid to their first game? Uh, honestly, this is a very important I will thing. say this. I'll go. I will say this, I because I had a daughter the exact same, basically the same week you did. Yeah. Her first game was Labor Day weekend of that year. So which okay. was five months. Yeah. And we did the headphone things where you put the yeah. headphones so they feel safe, you know. And then secondly, part of the reason why we wanted to go is because it was 2016. I was like, you got to go to a game in 2016 in case this is the year. And it was, and it was 13 innings. We stayed the whole 13. Jason Hayward walk off. No big deal. But that's oh my, my that's my suggestion. So nice. And and I I I'm I'm not a parent. I can barely parent myself. And uh, we are me and Chelsea uh, in one year of marriage are getting a dog. I'm only 47. I'll get to it someday here. But uh, <laughs> I have a very I have a very hardcore take on this, and I hate to do this because I now I'm I'm saying that Beto is wrong. Except Beto just gave a great qualifier because it was 2016. That's why we right. And, and he knew the World Series was going to happen. And he, and he also knew that, yeah, everybody thinks they're going to win multiple World Series. Ain't happening. We're the Cubs. We'll be lucky to get one. We better go now. We got I love, one. I love yes. all of that. And thank God that we did because, honestly, my life did change because of that. Um, there's like, like there's like, it's, right? It's like 5% better, at least, that you're, you're like, because they won. Like, maybe even oh, honestly, I think it's I, more I, I wouldn't even, I don't, I don't want... even think I could do this podcast <laughs> if we didn't win. Because no, I'd be I, still I so dejected from the fact that we didn't win and we're in this bad shape. It, it, I'll it, add on to that. I think it's more than 5% and I'll tell you why. Because I think that my entire outlook on sports is different as a result of them winning in 2016. And I would say I have 80% less sports stress than I did prior to them winning the World Series. I'm not even kidding. I sort of feel like as a sports fan, I am Peter Gibbons after the occupational hypnotherapist. <laughs> since the Cubs won the world series. Like I am in this constant state of like, whatever, like in 17, when they lost in the playoffs, I was pretty sad, I guess that they didn't win the world series. Cause like they had that great series win against Washington and then the Dodgers, you know, they got their butts beat. And so that was kind of unfortunate, but apart from that, like I have watched plenty of sporting events that pre world series, Jordan would have been despondent about since they won. And I'm like, Right, oh, well. right, right. It 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 could calm you down. It's like yes. a it's like a relentless, uh, incessant warm glass of milk that you can drink. And while well, they won in twenty sixteen, we're all okay. But to, my point here, though, Jordan, Matilda, like it should, you should expose her to your appreciation of the Cubs, and you watch the Cubs and spending time with Daddy and all this. And then one day, she's going to say to you, Dad, can we go to a Cubs game? And that's when you take her. 
Like it's, it's, she actually wants it. And it's, and it's, uh, and then you, I like you that. and then, and then she walks up the steps and, and it's a moment that, that, right. We all remember the first time we walked up the steps and you see the yeah. green field. It's like, this is the greatest place I've ever been to. And I never want to leave. That's my Agreed. I, I like mean, it. You know, like then the we went like as a kid. You, you went as a kid, and you know, you like you like, and then all of a sudden it's just part of your thing. But like here, she like kind of remembers it. Yeah. You know, otherwise you're. You taking can qualify that too. We we read Good Night Cubs. It's like a kids book almost every night. Oh my god! And amazing. like they awesome. see Wrigley Field, and they see like the players like warming up and stuff like that. And it's about a kid that goes to bed and then he's got a picture of him playing as a cub. Like, so they will like, they're like, Oh, cool. I'm like, that's a real place. Like we a went there when you were a baby, but B like, we can go there. So it gets them fired up. So maybe it expedites your timeline of them having that moment that right. I was that's talking awesome. about. I'm in, I can't wait for this. This will be, this will be a good dad moment when I get to take we'll send it to you. Good night, Cubs Pulitzer yeah. prize winning. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So- Chelsea mentioned that we owe you guys a gift, so um, I, you'll be getting a gift. I wouldn't even thought to get you a gift. I, I that's like, that's not even true. I contributed yeah. to the WGN. I gave twenty bucks to that bad boy. Damn it! You're fine. You don't know. No one. I'm not. Yeah, we gotta get. We actually. Yeah. Sarah, Sarah's actually brought this up too. So they're coming. <laughs> you sent me a bunch of very funny b- baseball and sports cards for no reason. I gotta get you at least something for for Matilda, right? I got a really yeah, well, solid Mongo McMichael, a Sean Dunstan in there. Like it was. It was pretty. It was pretty awesome yes beetle you gotta go to a meeting your sports loves yes uh and i gotta yes i gotta get out i'm I'm really excited for this this sweep this weekend though cubs are back we're sweeping the braves hey pirates lost we're out of last place pittsburgh's five and eight cubs are five and seven it's it's all good at only one way to go only one over under over under five and a half runs for the cubs this weekend five and a half that's two a day i don't know they might, as be, they might as well be throwing Maddox, Clavin, and Smoltz out there. It's, it's the same Everyone. regardless of who it is. Everyone is Maddox, Clavin, and Smoltz. <laughs> you, you, you know they're getting shut out at least once, and then they got to score three apiece in the other two. I'll right. take the under. Yeah, going under. Yeah, my friends are on like – game Wilson hit the home run. They're like, are, like, are the Cubs back, like jokingly? And I was like, they're getting shut out tomorrow. again kicks away Pagan toward third the throw got him the ball hit the dirt but on the bounce Escobar able to get it he applies the tag Pagan and Mike Quaddy arguing and here's Lou this program was recorded on tape for a live audience this could be the yep. one there it is number one the first ejection as a Cubs manager for Lou Pinella. And he is really letting Mark Wegner have it. Just kick dirt on him. Bruce Fremming getting in the way. He just kicked the hat. Steve Stone, he's got enough problems doing what he does with the White Sox. What job has he had in baseball besides talking on the on 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 television? On 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 television.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.